1: I thought there'd be a better response from the crowd on that. But the only reason you are not responding is because you are in one right now. And you just got to be sensitive uh, and I uh, get it. And uh, I just want to I, I say, start, we started off this series with saying that there was a sermon that wasn't super practical, but super powerful. This is the most practical sermon. You need to take notes during today's sermon, and it's not just for relationships. The context is relationships, but the principles and the tools that we give you today. If you're a kid who has a parent, a teenager who has a parent, if you're a parent who has a teenager, if you wanna get into and through fights with your, with your ex, your baby daddy, your baby mama, uh, if you're single, you need to pay attention and write notes and have these tools in your quiver, in your toolbox. for when you you do get married, or even if you're dating right now, you can use this. Um, And so especially if you're married, we're gonna be using the romantic context, but it goes way beyond that. And so these are things that we've learned. These are things that are in the Bible. And so we would encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, please take notes. This is gonna help you get into and through fights. And the first thing to know is it's not whether you fight that makes a relationship healthy, it's how you fight. You are going to get into fights. And now let me just qualify fighting, by the way, because I just didn't need to do that. I'm not talking about like fisticuffs. You know, I'm talking about like WWE MMA. I'm not talking about emotional abuse or verbal abuse. What I'm talking about is confrontation. Yeah. You are going to have confrontation. You are going to have disagreements. You are going to make mistakes, which means that someone else is going to be offended. And when that happens and you make a mistake or, or you, someone else does something that hurts another person or you see things differently, it's so important that you don't sweep that under the rug. Yeah. It's so important that you don't I- ignore it. You have to confront it. The Bible says, Jesus says in Matthew chapter five, he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, noticeably, he doesn't say blessed are the peacekeepers, because there's a difference between keeping the peace and making the peace. Sometimes we won't say what needs to be said in an effort to keep the peace, but it's all fake and it's all front. If we don't say what has to be said, there is no peace to keep. You've already lost the peace. And so sometimes we gotta say things to get to the peace. All right, and here's the, so here's, here's how that works. This is the first thing you have to understand about why we fight. We don't fight to hurt, we fight to heal. We don't fight to hurt, we fight to heal. 2 Corinthians chapter seven, verse eight through nine. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, this is the apostle Paul writing to the church of Corinthians. And this is 2 Corinthians, because first, first 1 Corinthians, I don't know how you would say it, but 1 Corinthians was spicy, okay? And he hurt some feelings in what he said. He says, I, I, even though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I don't regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while, yet now I am happy not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance for you became sorrowful as God intended. And so even though you were made sorrowful, listen, you were not harmed in any way by us. Paul is saying, listen, I know what I said hurt you for a little bit, but it needed to happen so that we could get better. It might be uncomfortable, but I need to be willing to endure the short-term discomfort to prevent the long-term dysfunction. It's good. I got to be willing to go through it for a, 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 a little bit. Remember that one time we got a massage recently, like our last massage, and it was a, was it a, it was a deep tissue massage. I
2: don't even think it was.
1: No, but the lady was like, they were going in on us. Yeah. Yes. And they kept asking us while they were massaging us, like, is this too much pressure? Is this too little pressure? And we were just like, Hey, just go in, you know, do the pressure, just as hard as you can. And it felt, it felt not comfortable in that moment. And the next day, do you remember how beat up we were for the next? Very sore. Very sore. For the next couple of days, we were very sore. But she had to do it. A couple of days after that, though, we felt like the best we had ever felt. A good fight is like a good massage. You got to apply the right amount of pressure to relieve the tension that's been building up over time. Yes, it's good. But you got to find the balance. Because too little pressure and the tension doesn't get out. Mm. Too much pressure and you can hurt the person you're That's trying so, to help yeah. and so what today is geared towards and what pastor liz and i are going to help you do is we're going to try and help you find the right amount of pressure to apply when you're fighting with somebody again keep this in mind if you're dating future relationship whatever mom and dad sister find the right right amount of pressure the other thing you have to understand when you're fighting is we don't fight to win we fight to understand we don't fight to win we fight to understand because if if you're fighting me And you win, what does that mean about me? You lost. I lost. And if one person loses, nobody wins. So you can't fight to win, you gotta fight to understand. James chapter 1, verse 19 Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Proverbs 18, 2 A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, he only delights in airing his own opinions. You have to understand the person. Pastor Liz in a second is gonna talk about what to say and what not to say when you get into a fight. But listen, the second most important skill in a fight is learning how to say it. But the most important skill in a fight is understanding how they see it. Before you even think about how should I say it, do not take the posture of of a speaker, take the posture of a listener and seek first to understand before trying to be understood and if you don't the fight will never end if you don't do that and so we'll illustrate right now why some of our fights never end we've got two balls here and and uh this ball is gonna uh represent my point in the argument and that ball is gonna resent liz's point in the argument so we each have a point if you're tracking me say amen we each have a point that we're trying to make in the argument. And for, for, to keep it real, because that's all we know how to do, we're going to use an actual argument that we had for years, for years <laughs> that we've resolved recently. recently, yeah. You know, maybe years ago we resolved it, but still recently in the span of 13 years. And so we're going to let you guys in on this. And uh, it's, it's, it's an issue that I had in the first couple of years of our marriage where I just kept forgetting to throw out the trash don't know why but I just kept forgetting out all the trash so go ahead Liz start the fight
2: I already see wives because looking at their husbands like because you don't two. really
1: do start the fight so go yeah. ahead and start the fight
2: go so ahead. I would usually say you forgot to throw out the trash and that gets me so upset because I work so hard to keep our house clean I feel like you don't value me as a person
1: so she she made her point now when she threw that ball at me made her point I didn't like the way her point made me feel her point put me, put me on the defense. And so now what I'm going to do, because she made me get defensive, this is what happens in an argument, I'm not even going to process what she said to me. What am I going to do? I'm going to come back and try and make my point And say, well, listen, you know, the real problem is, you never say thank you for all the other things I do in the house. And I fix things, and I clean things, and I put away things, and I don't forget to throw the trash only every once in a while. And, and that's the thing you're going to talk about, but you never say thank you. I'm going a little too into this right here. But you never say thank you for the other things. And so you know what? I feel like you don't appreciate me. And, and, and that's really all an argument is. It's one person making their point and the other person making their point back. Two people fighting are trying to make their points. But because Liz doesn't feel like I got her point, what's she gonna do? She's gonna keep making her point. So go ahead and make your point again.
2: I don't have to say thank you because that's your job.
1: Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right. one. let me see that one, let me see that one real quick. All right, because now she gave me an opportunity. She said, that's my job. So I'm going to say, oh, you're going to talk about job? So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take her point and I'm going to throw it back in her face. You want to talk about job? How about the job of a wife to support her husband emotionally and speak life into him? So now what I just did was I took her own point and threw it back in her face. Somebody say amen if you've ever done that before. So a fight is really just two people doing two things. Either trying to make their point or throw the other person's point back in their face. The only way this fight is going to end is if someone puts down their point to get the, <laughs> take out the trash. <laughs>
2: That's
1: a woman in here just who is so hurt. <laughs> Someone's got to put down their point to catch and understand the point of the other person. Now, I'm going to put down my point, okay? Because I usually am the person who puts down their point first in our marriage. married. That's true, it's true. It's true. <laughs> And she's so usually the person who starts it. But let me tell you something, too. That's not, that's not an indictment on her. In relationships, sometimes there's one person who's more confrontational than the other. Your relationship needs that or else nothing would ever get resolved. There needs to be one person. just can't hurt. And so, so now I'm going to put down my point. I'm going to forget about trying to make my point And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try and receive and listen to what she's saying. So say it again. The first thing you said the he first time. I got
2: to take out the trash. I don't like we do that because it makes me feel like you don't value me because I work so hard to keep the house clean.
1: Now I get it. I caught it. Now I'm gonna process it. Okay, so she's saying that when I don't throw out the trash, it makes her feel like I don't value her, but I absolutely value her. I just forget sometimes to throw out the trash. But it's not about the trash, it's about valuing her, valuing her. And you know what? I wanna be appreciated, and she wants to feel valued. So actually, we're fighting about the same thing. But now I get it and I understand it. And instead of trying to throw it back at her, I'm gonna take it with me away from the argument and do things differently. Now I'm gonna set, you know what, babe? I get it now. It's about value. I'm so sorry that I made you feel unvalued. I absolutely don't wanna do that. Here's what I'm gonna do different. I'm gonna set an alarm on my phone to go off every Monday night and every Thursday night at 7 p.m. so that I can throw out the trash when it goes out the trash and I appreciate that. Now all the guys are like, but what about your point? Your point is still there. Once I understand her point and she feels like I got it, then she's going to put down, now that I got her point, now she's free to what? Now she's free to catch it. Now she's free to get my point because I got her point. Are you following? Say amen if you get it. Now that she's free, now that I got her point, she's free. So now I can say, hey, now that I know what I'm going to do different, now that I get it, can I tell you how it makes me feel when you criticize me? Yeah. When you criticize me, it makes me feel like you don't appreciate all the other things that I do around the house because you never say thank you for those things. You only say thank you when I, you only say I don't do something when I do, when, I do, when I do something bad or wrong. And so I just feel like you don't appreciate me when you do that.
2: All right, well, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is legit how it works, right? This is how we talk to each other. So for the future, I am going to make sure that whenever you do things around the house that I show you that I appreciate you by saying thank you.
1: And that's it, and that's how you have a fight. All right? (laughs) Understand first, understand first. Some signs that you're not listening. Write these down. Because the first thing you gotta do is realize, I'm not listening. I'm not listening, am I listening? Signs that you're not listening. While they're talking, you're already planning your answer. You're getting defensive. You cut them off mid-sentence. You're not making eye contact. You can't have a fight and be on your phone at the same time. Or you can't have a fight- Or watching TV. Or watching football or TV at the same time. You think you already know what they're gonna say. That is like my pet peeve. When I'm in the middle of saying something and Elizabeth will be like, I already know what you're gonna say. And I'm like, is it possible? <laughs> you can't know because I haven't said it.
2: <laughs> He's still- upset about that.
1: (laughs) You feel no remorse. If you don't feel sad over what your person is, the person you love is saying, you're not listening because if you were really listening, you would feel their pain because they're telling you that you're causing them pain. And here's the last one. You know, you're not listening when you're not asking questions. You're not asking questions because if you were trying to understand them, you would ask questions to understand them. How to listen, how to listen, repeat what they said back to them. Repeat what they said back to them. So you're saying that when I don't throw out the trash, you feel like I don't value you. Yes. Next, explain your understanding of how your actions made them feel. It's pretty much repeating it back to them, but in your own words to show them that you really get it. And finally, ask questions. All right, what can I do different? How can I, how can I help make that better? And, and how can I move on forward from here? Ask questions. That's how you know you're listening.
2: Yeah, and then after you fight to understand... At some point, you're gonna to have to share your point of view. Like in the scenario, Pastor JJ, after he understood what I was saying, then he had to share his point of view. Um, but when you do, you still have to be careful what you're saying. And so people usually say bite your tongue, but I'm gonna tell you to fight your tongue. Fight your tongue. That's good, that's good. James 3.5 says, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. When I read this Bible verse, I thought of, um, I don't know, I know this is gonna age me, but back in the 80s, there was these commercials with Smokey the Bear. Do you guys remember Smokey the Bear? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a few people. So it was basically like commercials and it was this whole campaign because all these forest fires kept happening, but they all started from just little simple things happening like a family was camping and they would leave their campfire on when they went to, to bed in their tents Or this one that I thought was so random, but it would be just like a guy walking through the park smoking a cigarette. And when he was done with his cigarette, he would throw the cigarette butt into the forest. And so the bear would come up and be like, only you can stop forest fires. And so the reason why I bring that up is because that's what I picture when I read this verse is because that's how quick it is. Like that little spark could cause Miles and miles of damage to this entire forest. And it's the same way with our words. Like we could say one word, but wow. that one word that took two seconds to say can have wow. two years of damage wow. or even longer. So good. And so, just in the same way that we have to fight to just don't throw a cigarette butt in the forest, right? Because that little that little cigarette butt's gonna make such damage. You need to fight the urge to just say something that can cause so many years of damage. Yeah. And so this actually played out in our marriage when I remember Pastor JJ got a job to be a director of a nonprofit organization, and at the time, there was something going on just to spare the details that we felt like maybe it was just a little unfair. And so I remember being at home telling him, okay, this is what you're gonna say. Like, Go have a meeting with your superiors, and this is what you need to tell them. Because I'm like business-minded, I'm like, this is not fair. You need to go talk to them. And so he went to go talk to them, and then whenever he came back, he was so excited about the conversation that they had, and I'm like, did you tell them everything that I told you to tell them? And he's like, no. I didn't say anything. I just stayed shut the whole meeting. I just received what they had to say. And so I remember being so upset because it had like financial implications in our family actually yeah. at the time. And so I was just really bold and I, I've, I've repented since then and I don't speak this way anymore. I promise. But at that, at that time I was so upset that I, I called him a name. I am just Tell so embarrassing to say it. I called him a punk, okay? Which I know it was terrible. husband
1: knows or guy knows. The worst thing you can do to a guy is challenge his manhood. Yeah. That's all he wants to be for you. Yeah. All he wants to be is a man for you. And so when she said punk, I was like. Oh.
2: Yeah, it was terrible. And it, it was some. I could tell when I looked at his, and I've shared this story before, but I. I I could tell when I look at his face that he just felt so defeated. He actually fought his tongue when he was talking to his superiors because he felt like it wasn't the right thing or the right time to say what he had to say. But I wasn't very supportive. And that took me two seconds to say, but it caused so many years of damage. And so that's why I'm bringing that up to you because... Maybe, you know, your spouse leaves clothes on the floor, let's say, or whatever. Fight the urge to tell them, to say that they're lazy. Uh, maybe your kids, because it's not just what your spouse is, right? Maybe your kids. My kids love to eat Cheetos, and I have white walls at home. And they be eating Cheetos running around the house, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Fight the urge to call them stupid, whatever it is. You know, maybe those, are, those are dumb issues, but like... Apply that to whatever your situation is. I wrote it this way the tongue has no bones, but it is strong enough to break a heart.
1: So good.
2: So yeah. Good. So we have to be really careful what we say. And so, like we talked about, first you got to listen first and fight to understand. But when you share your point, I'm going to actually give you some fighting rules on things to never say. These are all things you should never say. And so, down. if you're taking notes, please write this down. This has helped us so much in our marriage. One is never call names, never call names. If you want to call your spouse a pet name, baby, Uh-oh. I don't know, pookie bear, pookie. whatever, we're all good with that. That's great. But don't call them lazy, jerk, uh, whatever. I don't even. Dummy. Yeah, don't do it. Far don't. Breath, don't. I don't what? <laughs> never that one. Okay, next one, never raise your voice. It doesn't make them hear you more. Yeah. Okay, the other day my kids were actually fighting because actually they were talking, the question was if the kids are more like me, they are because I could be really loud and they're very loud. And so they were fighting with each other and my oldest was like yelling and he was in his face just yelling at the top of his lungs and I'm like, why are you yelling him? He's like, because he's not, understanding me and I'm like raising your voice is not going to help them understand you more actually when I used to raise my voice he would lower his voice he actually preached about that the other day like coming down to their level like he lowered his voice and then I would also he would help me bring it down so don't raise your voice never get historical okay don't bring up the past Yeah, the Bible talks about love keeps no record of wrong. So don't, you're fighting about, you know, arguing about him not helping around the house and then you bring up that one time in 1982. Don't do it. No, don't do that. Especially if you've resolved the issue already, don't bring it back up. I
1: remember two years ago, you said, whoa, (laughs) we're here now. (laughs) can't talk about two years ago.
2: Never say never or always. Don't speak in absolutes. Don't say, they never take out the trash. They never help around the house, you know, or you you always always leave the toilet seat up, right? Even if they like don't leave the toilet seat up once, don't say never and always, just don't because it makes them so upset because they're like, well, sometimes I do it the right way. So don't do that. Never threaten divorce. That's a word you don't say. Don't say divorce. Yeah, my grandmother actually was big on that. She was always telling us, don't even use that word. When you... Got married. You made a commitment to each other, and that was never on your mind. So don't bring it up just because you're upset. Yeah. And then never quote your pastor. Okay.
1: Yeah, we didn't get into your fight. Yeah. Okay? You you
2: got yourself that We didn't that get mess. you
1: where you got yourself. So don't use us to get out of we're it. We're at All home right.
2: making brownies. Yeah. We're, we're at home chilling.
1: You know. <laughs> <laughs> don't. It's There's your nothing fight. Nothing to not do with us. Yeah.
2: He's actually quoted himself. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> I have. I was like, bad. don't do it, babe. That's That was really the Bible, technically. But yeah, yeah. I just quoted it. <laughs> listen and while you're fighting it's important to remember you're fighting an issue not writing a story yeah. this is the next thing fight an issue don't write a story i want you to write down this listen, there's a difference between criticism and complaining okay you can complain but don't criticize it's okay to complain in marriage but don't criticize what's the difference when you're complaining you're complaining about an action a person took that's totally within bounds when you're criticizing, you're criticizing who a person is. And if we make it about the issue, then I won't get defensive and I can work on the issue. But if you make it about me, well, what can I do about me? I'm me, you married me. And so now I get defensive because I wanna fight because I feel like you're attacking me and not just trying to shift the thing. And so a lot of times we say things and we need to just adjust the way we say them. So if your spouse or your partner or whatever has, keeps coming home with, an, with the car on empty, Okay, here's what you don't say. You are so annoying and selfish. You never fill up the car when you come home. You always leave it on empty. First off, we heard never say never and always. But secondly, we made it about the person. A better way to say is, when you bring the car home on empty, that's annoying. And when I get that that's annoying, that helps me just work on that and not get defensive and wanna fight back. There are two sentences that are gonna help you prevent writing a story about that person. When I say write a story, I'm saying when someone does something, you create this whole story about who they are. So there's two things, two sentences. These sentences, we talked about these. This weren't even in the sermon. And then afterwards, we were like, we say these two sentences a lot to each other. We should probably teach them these two sentences. These are two sentences that are gonna help you, okay, when you're getting into a fight with someone you love, especially a spouse. Sentence number one, you have to tell yourself this. They're not crazy. They're not crazy. You said the other day, like, that really has helped you. Yeah. Like, how has that really helped you when we get into a fight or an argument? Go ahead.
2: Yeah, because I think sometimes, like, either he's making it up or he's lying or he's just re- he just is not remembering right or yeah. whatever it is. I'm like, they're not crazy. Like, I know who I married. Yeah. You did
1: not marry a crazy person. Yeah. You would not have married a crazy person. And someone's like, well. <laughs> no. You and here's, here's why we go to that so quickly. Oh, you're, you're just crazy. Oh, you're just whatever. Oh, you're just... Because if we can dismiss the person, we can dismiss their point. If we can devalue the person, we can devalue their point. So now you don't really have to deal with what they said because you just dismiss them. Yeah. They're not crazy. And if you tell yourself they're not crazy, then you're forced to actually... Well, if they're not crazy, then I must not be listening. And they have
2: valid emotions, yeah.
1: Then their emotion must be valid. Then I'm going to sit and try and really understand and grasp what it is that they're saying. And here's the second one. And it's how we end every fight in our house. It's how we end every fight. Okay, here's what I will do different. What will you do different? This is the sentence we end every fight with. After we understand each other and understand where everyone is coming from and we feel like we're understood, then we closure we bring closure closure is so important to the fight and closure happens with a commitment to do different here's what i will do different what will you do different and even in like one of our worst fights was when it came out about my you know addiction to pornography in that moment you kept asking me like what are you going to do different moving forward and i was like all right here's what i'm going to do different i'm going to put these blockers on my phone. I'm going to get off of Instagram. I'm going to watch what I watch. I'm going to be more honest with you. I'm I'm going to have a conversation with you once a month, let you know my mind and heart is. I'm going to, and then even in that, you would be like in a situation so one-sided, what is there anything that she can do different? But she asked me, even though I was clearly to blame, what can I do different? And I told her, I said, exactly what you're doing right now, make it a safe space for me to be honest. Just keep making it a safe space for me to be honest and to let you know where I'm at and I don't ever have to fear. Like if I make a mistake, if I fall, if I mess up, I just wanna know you're not leaving, you know? I just wanna know that, you know, because it was still early on in the whole thing. And there's another thing we'll talk about if the person you're with is persistently being abusive, persistently being adulterous, persistently being abandoning. We'll talk about that. But this was a commitment she made to me and so that's how we end every fight, which is, all right, here's what I will do different. What will you do different? And that kind of lets us know, all right, we're, we're going somewhere. We're, we're getting somewhere. And you have to fight for closure. You must get closure.
2: And if you can't find closure, then our next point is fight into the night. Let's go. Fight into the night.
1: Into the night.
2: And if you're confused about what that means, fight until the issue you have with your spouse is resolved before You go to bed and you say to yourself well I'm tired you know the next day I have work or whatever the discussion that we have to talk about is uncomfortable or I don't want to make that other person angry or I don't want to get angry well the Bible talks about this it says not letting the Sun go down in your anger you cannot go to bed upset at your spouse and so this is actually found in Ephesians 4 26 through 27 it says do not let the Sun go down while you are still angry And do not give the devil a foothold. That's good. When I read this, what I picture is that whenever we do that, whenever we just go to bed, upset our spouse, and we try to dismiss the situation or whatever the the problem is, it's kind of like you just planting a seed in the middle of the night. You're burying it because it's more comfortable to just bury it and not have to face it and not look at it and not see it. You're burying it, but what you don't realize is... That thing is growing. So you're sleeping at night, but that thing is growing. And the next day, the sun's going to rise and the rain's going to fall. And it's just going to keep growing. And as the days keep passing that you don't talk about this issue, that issue is just going to grow from a seed to a plant, from a plant to a tree. That's right. And if right. anybody knows, I'm not a farmer, but I'll tell you what, trees are expensive to, to uproot. That's right.
1: We there had a tree are. in
2: front of our house. Remember that tree? Yeah,
1: Thousand dollars to get rid of.
2: It was like, nobody wanted to touch it, but for like thousands of dollars. And we had, cause we had to get rid of it because it was causing shade. And, Ooh, and... Don't
1: throw shade. Ah... Uh, <laughs> It's good. I see you did
2: that. He's adding to it. That's not nah, even my no point. point. But you know what? It's actually <laughs> true when you think about it because that tree wouldn't let the, the the grass around it grow. And that's what happens when you don't deal with that issue. Nothing it doesn't allow your relationship to grow. So you need to make sure that you do that. And so what are some examples of things that, that we do? Well, maybe if your spouse does something that you don't like, they don't put away the dishes or they don't help with the kids or... Taking it to another level, maybe if you see your spouse speaking to someone of the opposite sex and they look like they're flirting or whatever it is, don't just, if it's making you feel a certain way, do not just dismiss it. Talk about it. Yeah. Don't just let it go. And again, it's, it's so like we talk about this, but it's okay to have an argument. It's okay to have discussion, but make sure you resolve it. I wrote it this way little things given time become big things.
1: I think it's so key because sometimes people are at the lawyer filling out the papers and they're just thinking to themselves, how did we get here? Yeah,
2: they're like, how did, how we did get- this become so yeah. big? And it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, because over time, what happened is the next day you wake up upset, you know, you don't kiss your spouse goodbye when they go to work. Uh, maybe you give them an attitude or you skip out on date night and little by little those issues add up and you're like how the heck did we get here why are we even I don't even understand how we're at the point where we're filing a divorce well that's what it is you kept yeah. going to sleep on your this anger It's
1: also good for people who are dating like if you're dating and you see a little thing don't be like oh that's nothing talk about it because it's the little things in dating that are the big things in marriage and so you're like he talks a lot but he's kind of cute you know whatever but then when you get married you're like shut up <laughs> Why do you talk so much? Or he's so carefree.
2: And then you're you're like, would you not? You're too lazy. (laughs) You get married and you're like, that's just laziness. Those little
1: things when you're dating become big things when you're married. Talk about
2: it. Yeah. And if you're here and you're like, but you don't understand, Pastor Liz, just some of our discussions just get so heated that I feel like we just can't. Like, we need to take a break. And so I remember, I'll tell you right now, that is me 100%. 100%. That's why, like, he, he's the one that ends up putting the ball down first. It's true, but we would get into these arguments, and sometimes it would be too late. And, he, and, he would, and I would be like, you know what, I need to just cool off. And he's like, all right, you could cool off. And I'm like, okay, can I cool off till tomorrow? Can I sleep on it? And he'd be like, no, you got like 10, 15 minutes to cool <laughs> off. Because as long again, as it
1: takes a cup of coffee to cool off, that's how long you have to cool for off for
2: real. And he'd be like, No, you're not going to sleep on it because of what the word says. And then I realized something
1: the if, time limit, by the way, is arbitrary. The point is, if you need time, that's cool, but not a day.
2: Yeah, you can't we sleep can't on We can't sleep it. on this. Yeah, you can't sleep on it. And so, what I was going to say was that I realized something too is that if I'm allowing my emotions to control me, that's a problem. You know what you call that when kids do that? You call that a fit. Come on. And only children are allowed to do that. We're adults. We're adults. So we need to be adults enough to be like, all right, no, I'm going to, we got to face this. And so just like, um, you got to speak to the child inside of you that's throwing a fit. Yeah. So just like a mother would tell a child, you cannot go out and play until you clean your room, or you cannot eat dessert until you have dinner. You cannot go to bed until you resolve this Let's fight. Let's go. yeah. That's
1: good. I love that. And then we've, I mean, what's the latest? Up. oh my gosh. Tell probably the latest, like, the we stayed up. I don't know, up. it's
2: probably like three, four o'clock in the morning. Three and one time you had like morning, a flight the next day, yeah. but I'll tell you what, he might be tired the next day going to preach somewhere or whatever it is, but his marriage is healthy and that's, that's right. more important.
1: And I'm gonna preach better. Tired knowing that my family is healthy, know all the energy in the world and knowing that things are falling apart yeah, at home. And so however late it requires, I mean, we have one time we didn't sleep for three days. Just playing. No. <laughs> just, no, like the latest it's ever gone to is three or four and then At that point, your flesh is so weak. You're just like, I'll do whatever you want. I'll do. It. You know, you just kind of give him. That's important. And uh, let's say here's our our final point, and it's so key and so important. Uh, remember this: we don't fight against, we fight with, and for. We don't fight against each other. We fight with, and for. We're fighting side by side and we're fighting for something. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Let me say it another way For our struggle is not against your spouse. For our struggle is not against your boyfriend. For our struggle is not against your teenager. For our struggle is not against your in-laws. For our struggle is not against your ex. For our struggle is not against your friends. For our struggle is not against your boss. For our struggle is not against your coworker. For our struggle is not against your next door neighbor. For our struggle is not against a politician. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but what's happening behind the scenes. Who is the one trying to destroy that relationship? but against the rulers, authorities, and the powers of this dark world, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul is saying, you've got an enemy and your wife ain't it. You got an enemy and your husband ain't it. You got an enemy and his name is the devil and his name is Satan. And if you would just focus on who the real enemy is, a lot of people think what Jesus did to Peter the night that he was betrayed was like serious shade, serious name calling. When Peter went up to Jesus, if you don't remember the story, and Peter said, "No, Jesus, you'll never die." And Jesus said, "Get behind me, Satan." And imagine this, imagine your spouse calling you Satan. Like that would be a that would be a fight if there ever was one. But we no misinterpret, name what we say? No, no name calling. <laughs> we misinterpret what Jesus was doing. Jesus wasn't calling Peter Satan. Jesus was seeing Satan behind Peter. He was fighting the enemy behind the person. You got to understand that there is an enemy behind that person who is influencing and whispering and trying to manipulate and get his or her and get his way. And so target the right enemy, not just the one that the enemy is using in that moment. And so listen, if we're going to end this off, we've got to fight. I gave you a bunch of practical things. We've got to fight spiritually. We've got to fight, it's a spiritual battle. I wanna challenge you to see the restoration of your relationship, current, past, or future. Again, I don't care if you're single, in the future, you've gotta look at this with spiritual eyes. I'm gonna teach you how to fight spiritually very quickly. Number one, pray for yourself. You need to pray for yourself before you start getting against that person or even getting against the enemy Pray for yourself. What do I mean pray for yourself? Psalms chapter 139 verses 23 through 24. Look what David says. Search me, God, and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts and see, I love David. Look what he says. If there is any hurtful way in me. So God, not please show my wife how she hurt me. Lord, reveal in me how I hurt my wife. What a prayer. What a humble, transparent prayer. I encourage you the next time you get into an argument with anyone that you love to first ask God, how can I get better? Lord, show me, and sometimes he'll deal with you so well that by the time you get to that, to to your partner, there's such a spirit of humility on you. You're just asking for forgiveness then that person is so touched at the humility you showed, they wanna respond accordingly. So pray for yourself first, God reveal me. The second thing you wanna do is after you pray for yourself, you wanna pray for them. Now, you gotta really feel the moment, okay? Don't just go and lay hands on them. Be like, Lord, I just pray you would just teach her, Lord. Lord, just teach her, Lord God, just show her all the ways to the wrong. Listen, I recently counseled one of, one of my good friends. I said, hey, listen, I know you want to pray for your wife because you think that God has got some things that he needs to work out in her life. But if you want to do that, do that while she's sleeping. I told her, when she's sleeping, just go ahead and put your, put your foot right there at her ankle. Is
2: that why you're always touching my That's how I'm
1: always touching your ankle. she's just praying for you. Don't sleep. You don't want her to misinterpret your prayers like, you don't have, like you're not wrong, like you're the only one. But and by the way, I'm not praying God change them. Just I'm, I'm praying God bless them. God bless them why look, look at Luke six twenty eight. bless those who curse you pray for those who hurt you it is hard to be mad at someone you're praying for huh it is hard to be angry at someone you are praying for if it's a leader in church pray for them if it's your boss pray for them it's hard to be mad at someone you're praying for and, and don't just pray, God, I pray you send fire from heaven. And Lord, I pray the spirit of ingrown toenails, Lord, and flat tires, Lord God, and just over her life. And no, God, I pray that she would flourish in her job. God, I pray that she would wake up with joy. Lord, I ask that every dream and desire of her heart would be fulfilled if it be according to your will, Lord. Bless her, Lord God, bless him, Lord God. Pray for them. And here's the last one, pray together. Pray together, pray together. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests With this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people If the enemy is the enemy Then what if we got together and didn't just say lord change her lord change me lord change him lord change me We said you know what we're gonna fight this spiritually and together we said devil You will not have a hold on this marriage any plans you have for this matrimony we cancel in the name of Jesus we claim the blood of Jesus his sacrifice as a victory over every attack that the enemy has Any whispers that he makes into my ears into her ears we shut those out and we replace those with the word of God we just pray right now we bind the spirit of divorce right now the spirit of adultery right now the spirit of affair or pornography or arguments So we just speak love over one, over one another this we just proclaim this family the Vasquez family belongs to Jesus we are on the same team now listen this isn't against anybody who got married and refused to change their name I'm all for empowerment and individuality I know that that's a thing now a lot of people you get married I want to keep my last name keep your last name that's cool I just want to let you know one of the reasons why we did that in the Bible it wasn't just this idea of well you're my property take my last name the reason why we both have the last name is because we're on the same team we're on the same team and you got to see yourself on the same team there was a study praying together is so key there was a study that was done by a a christian organization it asked a hundred christians or thousands of christians um, how often do you pray and 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 they also asked divorce rates and they pray together pray together and they found that eight percent of christian couples pray together only 8%. Of the 8% that prayed together, less than 1% got, got divorced. I'm just, there's power in praying together. And so pray together as spouses. And so we want to pray together over you today. I want to pray for anybody who's single in the room. As we bring a close to this series, I want to pray for anybody who is dating. I want to pray for all of our divorcees. Who are going through a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and I want to pray for all of the widows and the widowers uh, in the room today that Christ would fill every gap and every ounce of pain this relationship series was a blessing in your life in that way to know that he will complete you until God brings another person to complement you and so here's what I'm gonna ask you to do if you are single if you are dating if you are a widower or if you are divorced and you're walking through any of those seasons I'm gonna ask that you bow your head Close your eyes and just lift your hand if you're in one of those four categories right now. Go ahead and lift one hand because I want to see you and I want to pray for you. doesn't have to be high, but go ahead and lift that hand if that's one of you. Okay, let me pray for you right now. Father, we thank you for all of the single people in the room today. We thank you for all of the dating people in the room today. We thank you for all of the widowers and widows. We also thank you for every divorcee. We know that every one of those seasons is different, but they are alike in one way a lot of them are waiting for that next person a lot of them are wondering if they can ever get over the last person and for that individual today lord we just pray that your holy spirit would complete them where that person could not complete them that your love and your peace and your presence would be all that they need until you send their partner in their life i pray right now that every gap in their heart that every void in their emotions that every that everything that they feel that they're missing that they would find in you in jesus name we pray amen amen at this point amen we want every married couple in the building pastor liz wants to pray for you if you're here in the room and you're with your spouse or if they're home you can raise your hand but Uh, We want you to hold that person's hand if you're sitting next to them. If they're not in the room, that's okay. You can raise your hand, every head bowed, every eye closed as Pastor Liz leads us in a prayer and then we'll worship.
2: Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this message. We thank you for your word. We thank you because you've shown us ways that we could just fight better. Fighting is is not a problem because sometimes it shows us issues and situations that we need to resolve. I pray right now that you would just help these couples today, God, that they would take back home what they've learned today, God, and that your Holy Spirit would speak to them, God. Every time the enemy tries to see negative thoughts in their minds or tell them it's just time to give up, that right. maybe this wasn't meant to be, God, I pray that you would speak truth into their hearts and their spirits, God, yes. that your Holy Spirit would be in their homes every time they get into arguments, that your Holy Spirit would be with them every time they have time together in date night, whatever it be, I pray for marriages today that are on the brink of divorce, God, I pray that you will restore those marriages today. Yes, we believe in the power of your Holy Spirit, and we right. also believe in the power of restoration. Yes, so we pray right now that you will restore those relationships, those people who who came here during this series feeling like this is just the last straw, I pray that you would take that straw and you would bind it up together and you would make it stronger than ever before, that the conflicts that they face, God, would just make them stronger, God. We thank you and we ask you all these things, God, and we also pray that they would remember, God, that they're not fighting each other. They're fighting with each other against against the enemy. enemy. They come against the enemy, God. In your name we pray, Amen. amen.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.